Hello, everyone. My name is Jeffrey Smith, and not only am I coming to you as the founding executive director of the Institute for Responsible Technology, I'm wearing another hat, and that is that we at the Institute have pioneered the Protect Nature Now campaign to stop the release of genetically engineered microbes anywhere on Earth and to stop gain-of-function research on potentially pandemic pathogens. Now, I'm going to explain to you what those are, but I first want to direct you at the outset to what I'm asking you to do. There's a link in the description that goes to an advocacy platform. There you can enter your address and immediately all of your elected officials will appear. You can send them all an email with a single click or you can customize the email. You can send a tweet to them telling them that you sent an email, which increases the likelihood that they will look at their email. And you can send a press release or information about what I'm about to describe to five members of press in your area, all with a single click. So in less than, well, depending on how much time you want to spend customizing those letters or whether you just want to click and send, you can make an enormous difference reaching a lot of people very quickly. So this is the executive summary of a white paper that we're asking people to send. When you click it, this is loaded. The, the link to the white paper and its summary and an article are loaded into the emails that you'll be sending. And it describes the unpredicted outcomes of genetic engineering, how current regulations fail to address the dangers of GMOs, how gene editing creates cheap and easy GMOs that give unprecedented access to millions of people, which could create millions of new GMOs, and how gene editing particularly falls through the cracks of regulations, and how GMO microbes, this is the key now, of all the kingdoms, of all the animals, plants, etc., that can be gene edited or genetically engineered, the kingdoms that are the most dangerous for you and me and for the environment are the ones we can't see. Bacteria, viruses, fungus, algae at very low levels. We did not need a pandemic to know that microbes travel the globe and mutate. You may not know that they all go to swap meets and exchange genetic materials like kids play with cards. And so anytime we genetically engineer a microbe and release it in one place, it can travel around the world and swap that gene into ecosystems that were never expected when that gene editing took place, and it could permanently damage that ecosystem, even collapse it. And the damage to the ecosystems includes ecosystems inside our bodies. 80% of diseases, we are told, find their source in a change in the gut microbiome, in our critters inside of us. The health of soil and the food grown in that soil is largely dictated by the microbiome, the soil bacteria, fungus, etc. There's bacteria in the atmosphere that help create rain. 
In fact, if you go to our Protect Nature Now site, you can take a look at a 16-minute film showing how changes in one particular genetically engineered bacteria, which was almost released, could have theoretically altered weather patterns on the planet forever. There's another bacteria that was almost released that could have theoretically ended terrestrial plant life. These are very serious, beyond catastrophe, cataclysms. Now, the way you'll see in this film is we approach the need to lock down GM microbes from being released as an extension of the obvious requirement now, and that is to stop what's called the gain of function experiments. In this executive summary, you can go in and read about this if you go to the Protect Nature Now advocacy platform. You can read in the white paper or the summary how they're taking pathogens that could produce disease and enhancing their ability to infect humans or increasing their ability to damage our health in the for, with the excuse that this is going to help them prevent pandemics. But hundreds of laboratory accidents have been reported around the world at high security labs, making the concept of secure containment a complete myth. We know that there's no guarantee that if you create a pathogen that can be deadly, that it will not escape and actually kill people. And in the film, Don't Let the Gene Out of the Bottle, which I directed, in fact, it just won a Telly Award. That film talks about an H5N1 avian flu, which is as much as 24 times more deadly than the COVID-19 virus, and genetic engineers made it airborne. Imagine if that escaped, or rather don't imagine. Let's just lock down this type of research so it doesn't occur, but if we're really going to implement the lessons of the pandemic, we have to look at the nature of microbes. We can see how they mutate. We can see how they travel. What isn't clear from the pandemic now is that a microbe can devastate the environment. A microbe, even if the microbe is not a pandemic, potentially pandemic pathogen itself, it can change the balance and health-giving properties of the bacteria living inside us. So please go to the advocacy platform and send this white paper and executive summary and article to all of your elected officials. It talks about how proper regulation, I'm reading off of the executive summary, which I wrote, proper regulation of GM microbes is needed to prevent catastrophes and that we need to protect the global microbiome from genetic engineering. You see, if you genetically engineer a cow, then you have to wait for that offspring and then the offspring and the offspring to start multiplying the effects. And so it could be decades before you have a sizable number of cows with that trait. But if you introduce GMO bacteria, it can spread around the world. Not only does it replicate fast, but it can put its genes in other bacteria, even other kingdoms. And now what you've done is you've created an irreversible change in the gene pool. And if you look at the way that this is regulated, it's basically abdication. It means 
there's almost no real regulation of gene-edited microbes to protect the environment, to protect human health. At the time, two things. At the time when we realize how important the microbiome is for the health of human beings and ecosystems, and at the time when you can buy a gene editing kit from Amazon for $169 and create new microbes daily. And with, for a few more bucks, you can have a much more flexible platform and create a new microbe every day and name it and release it and forever damage our ecosystem. So what are we doing about it? We are going to pass new laws. We are going to pass laws around the world, which is why we would love you to go to the advocacy platform today and send this pre-written message or a customized one to all of your elected officials. We've already, re we've already reached more than 2,000 at least once. We need multiple, multiple emails and tweets, and we also want them to go to media. And we are hearing from some elected officials that they're interested. And we need, in order to move forward by creating new laws, we need a larger base of people willing to spend the two to three minutes on the advocacy platform, sending each new educational asset with each new campaign. The white paper campaign is locked and loaded now. It'll only be there for a few more days. It's going to be replaced by a new campaign with a new white paper, a new article or executive summary that you can send in addition to this week's. We're asking you to be part of a regular effort that we know is going to have an influence in convincing federal and state regulators, federal and state lawmakers, to create new laws to protect nature now. You see, we have the science on our side. By focusing on the microbials, we appropriately link it to the lessons learned by the pandemic. We appropriately take advantage of the increased receptivity and political will to do something to prevent future pandemics and other catastrophes from genetically, that may have come from genetically engineered microbes. And we don't require in our campaign to find out whether the current vaccine came from a, not vaccine, the current virus came from a lab or not. We know it could have theoretically, just as the H5N1 could have theoretically been released accidentally, causing a devastating pandemic, which could have decimated the human population. We know enough about potentially pandemic pathogens, gain-of-function research to know we can't, we can't tempt fate by creating these things in laboratories, hoping that it won't escape from an earthquake or a human error or something else. And most people in this regard, with something like big and so foreign and technical, we often feel hopeless, helpless. We feel unable to have an impact. But in this case, actually, going to the advocacy platform is enormous. It can have an impact. It is having an impact. So I would like to encourage you not only to go there, but let your friends know 
to do the same. And then once you've entered your information, we will let you know when the next campaign is locked and loaded. So you can go there again, send to the same elected officials new information about the next chunk of data that they need to know to create sensible, life-supporting legislation to protect all living beings and all future generations. This is an opportunity, perhaps even a responsibility of this generation for stewarding nature like never before. Now that we have the capacity to destroy it so easily, we have the responsibility to protect it more than ever before. So I'm going to invite you. Let me see if there's any comments that I should respond to. We're going to hear me speak. So, I'm going to invite you. Let me see if there's any comments. There we go. Well, it's not low. My comments, okay, here we are. I'm looking at the comments. Sunkena, uh, greetings, uh, and you're most welcome. Care, thank you for speaking out about this important issue. You're most welcome. Sunkana, we'll go to that uh, advocacy platform. Thank you, Sunkana. And um, care again, stop engineering viruses. Yes. Um, Andy, you're thanking me for speaking out about an important issue. You're most welcome. Yeah, it's like we actually can do something. We can actually do something on this. We can make a difference. It's already happening. We're hearing back from chiefs of staff and others who are receiving this information. And this is the time. There hasn't been a time like this in my history, in my 25 years, looking at this stuff. So we have an unprecedented opening to make a difference, to lock down genetically engineered microbes from, gene from genetic, from being released. We're not saying you can't use them for, can't use gene editing for medicines. We're not, we're saying we can't, we're not saying we can't, can't use it for producing important products, but we can't let gene edited or genetically modified microbes into the environment where they can immediately spread, wreak havoc, and change things. So if you go to the link, someone, uh, Denise is asking about going to the website. I have loaded a description. I believe it's here. At least I put it in. If not, then one of our supporters will load it. It's going to protectnaturenow.com. Um, but there's a particular advocacy platform. If you go, there it is. It's now loaded. A take action. It's now, CARE has, has entered it into the, into the comments. You can go there, enter your information, and immediately all your elected officials um, populate. The letters to them populate. The tweets to them populate. You have five media in your area that have letters to them. You could send them information. It's all preloaded. You can do it in two or three minutes. You can do it, take a little more time and customize, which would be better, but don't delay just because you don't have the time. You'll have a chance to customize next week with our new campaign. This is critical. All right, coming back, we're gonna now wrap up. Say this. I often say, I'm going to finish by saying something, and I have no idea what I'm going to say, but now it's one of those situations. I'm going to share with you some really cool information about the microbiome. You may have heard me talk about it, but if you haven't, it's worth hanging on for just another minute or two. 
So I was interviewing Dietrich Klinghardt and and all these different people for for healing from GMOs and Roundup uh, Summit that I did. And they talked about the amazing aspect of the microbiome, uh, where if you if a woman has breast cancer, uh, certain bacteria come into the breast. It's to protect against metastasis, metastases. When they used to think that it, oh, this is a problem, kill the bacteria, then the tumor spread. People with Alzheimer's, a fungus goes into the brain to protect the brain. Dietrich Klinghardt told about, talked about the microbiome in the brain, saying that when they reduce the microbiome in the brain, the IQ goes down. Somehow it works with us. Then I learned from Karen Krishnan that the human body has actually outsourced 90% of its functions to the microbiome. He points out we have only 22,000 genes, less than an earthworm, but we can access three and a half million through the microbiome living inside of us. It's so intelligent. In the, in the second trimester, bacteria that consume, that digest milk, move into the birth canal inoculate the baby during the birthing process so that the baby's microbiome can digest milk. A large percentage of the breast milk during nursing is indigestible by the infant. It's designed to not be broken down in the stomach or small intestines. It's designed to feed the microbiome. The breast milk also has more microbiome for inoculating in the child. And when the child has a particular health issue, it shows up in the microbiome in the child's saliva, which then gets transferred into the mother through the breast. And now the mother has a feedback loop to help create the right breast milk for the child. Why is it so important to have the microbiome good for the child? Because it determines health for the rest of the child's life. And because the microbiome gets inoculated for future generations, next generation and next generation and next generation, it's so critical that the microbiome is healthy. It is more than just like another organ. It is like a micro Jedi army working on our behalf. Talking to some experts, they think that certain herbs work, not just because of the nature of the herb, but because of the microbiome living on that plant. We are babes in the woods understanding the intelligence of the microbiome. It is awe-inspiring. More information comes out. I mean, just the, the concept of a fecal transplant. You take uh, fecal matter from a, uh, a rat that has a particular disease and you put it in another rat and that, rat, that new rat gets the disease or gets fat or gets thin, depending on the nature of the rat that dictated it, that donated it. Happens with humans too. I talked to David Perlmutter. He said he recommended to a patient, to a parent of an autistic son, to get a fecal transplant. They did. And within two weeks, the son was speaking in full sentences. From the gut back, from the bacteria in the gut that was taken from a healthy person. So we don't understand this incredible computer biological programming. It's not rocket science. It's far more complex. And yet we see individuals are genetically engineering microbes and releasing them, thinking that it'll just stay in their lane, not realizing or not paying attention to the well-known scientific fact that that microbe can travel around the world 
mutate, replicate, swap genes, and is irrecallable, untrackable, and may affect mission-critical systems in the Sahara, in the atmosphere, in infants, in croplands, in the ocean. The algae, we are told, produces 50 to 70, 50 to 80 percent of the oxygen of the planet, far more than the rainforests. And they want to genetically engineer algae. But algae can also swap genes with bacteria. So let's say you introduce a gene into bacteria that gets into algae that makes that oxygen production less efficient or shuts it off. We are playing with fire, but it's alive and it's permanent in the gene pool. So now that we have gene editing that's anyone can do in their basement, now that it can be done by university students and high school students and companies, now that it is so accessible, we're learning how fundamental it is to our health, we're learning how necessary it is to lock it down. You can share these points in your letters to your elected official, to the media. You can wait until you've read more of the information we're sending so that the next time you can get more information in there. Please do become educated, educated about this. I'm just looking here. Um, Sukena says, Zach Bush is doing a great work in this realm. Absolutely. Zach was one of the people I've interviewed maybe seven times. Um, uh, Christina says, an old wise saying applies here. A little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing. Oh, that is so true. It is so true. Um, I see that uh, Denise got the website and says, nice website. Thank you. Yeah, we've put a lot of attention. We originally set it up with six or eight different action steps, and now we've narrowed it down to just three. So you can get through it quickly and come back over and over and over again. All right. I said I was wrapping up. I'm really going to do it now. Thank you for supporting Protect Nature Now. I can't shut up. <laughs> I asked eight audiences before the pandemic when I was speaking, traveling, which do you think is more dangerous uh, to the planetary survival, uh, genetic engineering or climate change? And some of these were in climate change conferences. And can you guess? All eight said GMOs. I was shocked. Each time I was surprised, even though I had heard it each time before. And that was before I told them about gene-edited microbes. So whether it's true or not doesn't matter. It is on that level. It is an existential threat. And it's something that's worth your time and attention, my time and attention. It's worth us being on a team together. And whose team is it? It's nature's team. It's the team of all future generations. It's the team of the gene pool, which needs to be protected. So protect nature now, everyone. Please go to the link uh, that's been posted to Protect Nature Now advocacy platform and reach out to your politicians and your media and then hold tight because we're going to ask you to do it again. Thanks so much. Safe eating. Thank you for listening to Live Healthy, Be Well. Please subscribe to the podcast using whatever app you listen to podcasts with. Or go to livehealthybewell.com to subscribe. This podcast will inform you about health dangers, corporate and government corruption, 
and ways we can protect ourselves, our families, and our planet. I interview scientists, experts, authors, whistleblowers, and many people who have not shared their information with the world until now. Please share the podcast with your friends. It will enlighten and may even save lives. Safe eating.